Amen. The earth wants you. Clearly, from the IPCC report, it's clear enough. The earth wants us to change. Change, hallelujah. I'm Reverend Billy, and I'm here with my co-host, Salvatry D. Hello, Salvatry. Hello, Billy. Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Earth Wants You. We have marvelous interviewees from the activist world of downtown Chinatown. Amen. Briar and Francisca, thank you for being with us. And we've got a fascist elected to the leadership of Brazil. That looks like that's happening. People are retching with depression right now. The, the activists are waking up dizzy. They don't even know what time they are living in, in history. And uh, those of us with children have a um, special dithering quality to our days. Mm, what the hell's you know, going I never on? Like to, I never like to claim the specialness of having children. We all have children in some fashion or another. We're all invested in the future. And whether you have children or not, that, that climate change report coming from the United Nations and coming from those amazing Nobel Prize winning scientists at the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is sobering. To all of us. That's right. We don't have to be invested in our own DNA to that degree to care. Don't you have a child? I, I do have a child, and, but <laughs> I cared about the climate before I had a child. I cared about uh, the climate before I had your, a child. Your, your kid. Earth she's loving remarkable. is not dependent on childbearing. Lena, right? Lena, eight years old. Lena. She's eight years old. Uh, but I, I do know that especially people who've just had children are, you know, yeah, terrified. But the truth is, you know, humans uh, are chauvinistic in so many ways. And I think our examination of the future is one way that it really shows up. You know, we get very frightened of a future without humans. But I, I would say that the problem may be that because we're human beings in the consumer society, speaking now from the church of Stop Shopping, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, we're not scared enough. And I'm, I'm, I'm scared that people are not going to be scared of this 12 year the question is, Deadline is, is fear humanity? motivational? See, for some people, fear is a, a form of paralysis. And we, you say, I'm afraid people aren't afraid enough. But for me, I, I just wonder psychologically if the fear really works. I, I'm not sure it does. I think we have to start relying on a different uh, motivational force. Maybe an Hope? ethical one. <laughs> I don't know. I thought fear would work. I mean... So we all look at ourselves. We say, what drives my investment in the climate or in the Earth's survival? It seemed very basic to me. Like, I care about the Earth. I care about the dirt, the health of the dirt. The simplest things. Do I kill insects just randomly when I see one? No, I don't. Well, sermonizing about the do health you? of the dirt is something we've done for years. I'm just saying. opposition to Monsanto. If someone doesn't, if someone just kills insects for no reason, right, then how do you get them to stop killing the insects? You have a narrative that is so clear and dramatic. Dwayne Johnson's trial in San Francisco is what turned the corner on Monsanto and Bayer. Until we had that, now we have 20,000 people that died of that specific cancer ex- who were exposed to glyphosates in class action suits. Together, the Bayer company's value has slipped down more than 10%. This so that's this what we needed. Well, that's self-interest. So is that what we're going to work toward, is self-interest? We're, are we going to have a climate movement driven by self-interest? When the, IP, the IPCC people are scientists who have been failing for years to get through to people about the danger 
that we face. Mm -hmm. And with this report, they've actually said, oh, it's happening within your lifetime. Okay, just philosophically, so I want to point out that that's problematic. A fear might be the thing that works this time. They're, they're trying to get back. They're trying to run down the street shouting emergency. They're trying to be the town crier. The town's on fire. People haven't been listening. They're sitting in their houses as the flames come up the walls, and people are watching their little screens, their Okay, iPhones. but listen to me. It's important also just to recognize that we could appeal to other elements in the human uh, psyche, the human experience, than just self-interest. Name three. Uh, okay. Uh, Hope? Right. No. Ooh. Change? No. Ooh. Ooh. Uh. I, can't, I can't name three. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, faith. I th uh, faith. 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 All uh, right. Um, okay, you, you got through to me. You got through to me. Virtue. Boy, we haven't been virtuous for so Responsibility. long. Responsibility. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. That works with the Swedish houses where they put a chart on saying how much energy everyone used. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The peer pressure. People didn't want to use energy because they didn't want to look bad in front of their neighbors. Here's what I want to do. I want to go into corporations <laughs> I think with work. the Stop Shopping Choir. Yes. I want to go into corporations and I want, since the main unit, since the main, the flow of advertising and policy pressure oh. and data is within these giant things that we cannot penetrate called corporations since since 90% of the, the the population is trapped in there just making a living I think that it's time for us to go in there yeah friend Fran are you in are you are you with us here a member of the stop shopping course sitting right across the table from me we're gonna go in there and start harmonizing that people have got to like we're gonna be the earth flowing into we're gonna be the flood we're going to be the flood. Going, mm. We're going to be the wind. We're going to go into those corporations. And then they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna arrest us. And then we're going to make that into media. It's going to be wonderful. Viral viral YouTubes. All right. Listen, and, and, Billy, and, and, Billy, uh, Billy. I'm sorry. Stop me. Do you me. know what Stop today me. is? Stop me. Today is John Lennon's birthday. Imagine. Let's listen to him.
Happy birthday. And that is a faith. No hell below, just sky above. Time for news from the natural world. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Species rich subtropical forests can take on average twice as much carbon into them as monocultural crops. Twice as much carbon. The number of people believed missing from the quake and tsunami that struck Indonesia's Palu City has soared to 5,000, an official said Sunday, an indication that far more may have perished in the twin disasters. A new study shows that the Atlantic salmon use the Earth's magnetic field as a navigational tool, much like their cousins, the Pacific salmon, and don't lose that ability through several generations of fish, even after they have been transplanted into a landlocked lake. Researchers analyzed sperm from donors in six cities across the U.S. They, say they saw drops in every category of sperm quality in every city except New York City, <laughs> which saw no change whatsoever in sperm quality. Amen. It's the rats. It's the rats. exceptionalism of New York's sperm donors is intriguing, but maybe not so surprising. <laughs> New Yorkers tend to be physically active, and the water system provides some of the cleanest and highest quality water in the United States. Only because we kept the fracking people out. <laughs> We just about lost all that. <laughs> Commercial fishing will be banned in parts of the Arctic Ocean opened up by melting ice caps under a new deal to protect ecosystems. Nine countries and the EU will this week sign the agreement to prevent exploitation of a region covering 2.8 million square kilometers, roughly the size of the Mediterranean Sea. Oh. For 16 years or longer, we hope longer, if they all agree to the plan. It will be the first time the area has had any legal protections. Well, it will be the first time the area has needed legal protection, so let's not give these humans too much credit. Amen. A study examining the release of vapors from gas station vent pipes finds emissions were 10 times higher than estimates used in setback regulations used to determine how close schools, playgrounds, and parks can be situated to the facilities. 10 times higher. <clears throat> Six children in Minnesota have been diagnosed with a rare polio-like disease since mid-September. Acute flaccid myelitis, known as AFM, affects the body's nervous system, specifically the spinal cord, and can cause paralysis. Unlike polio, there is no vaccine for AFM. Minnesota typically sees less than one case a year. The State Department of Health reported uh, that this time there are 10 cases, and all affecting children younger than 10 years old. Oh. 
A class action lawsuit against 3M, DuPont, and Chemours was filed this week on behalf of everyone in the United States who has been exposed to PFAS chemicals. The suit was brought by Kevin Hardwick, an Ohio firefighter, but seeks relief on behalf of a nationwide class of everyone in the United States who has a detectable level of PFAS chemicals in their blood. Uh, this is a remarkable lawsuit. Uh, in addition to 3M DuPont and its spinoff Chemours, the suit names eight other companies that produce the toxic chemicals, which are used to make firefighting foam, nonstick cookware, waterproof clothing, and many other products. Rather than suing for cash penalties, the suit seeks to force the companies to create an independent panel of scientists tasked with thoroughly studying and confirming the health effects that can be caused by contamination of human blood with multiple PFF. PFAS materials. Brett Kavanaugh is licking his chops. Scientists are tasked with thoroughly studying and confirming the health effects that can be caused by contamination of human blood with multiple PFAS materials. In Chalin Beal, Bangladesh, more than 20 floating schools chug along rivers and lakes swollen by floods, bringing education to students long denied a chance to learn in one of ba Bangladesh's poorest locations. Uh, these are floating schools designed to accommodate the changes expected, anticipated, and now occurring from climate change. Uh, the more elaborate floating schools are twin-story designs boasting slides, monkey bars, and swing sets for playtime, while banks of solar panels atop the boats power the school's laptop computers. Uh, 20 million people in Bangladesh could be made climate refugees by the end of the century. Um, mm. At night, once the school is over, adults come on board to learn new techniques for farming in extreme climates. Amen. A worker's puncture wound received while changing cables on a glove box at the Los Alamos National Laboratory's Tech Area 55 on August 18th was contaminated with plutonium-238, lab officials said. <laughs> the internal... Con Why is that funny, uh, Miss Newscaster? It's not funny. <laughs> Um, You're I'm from just, New Mexico, is that what? That's why. That's why I it's see. funny. But then I suddenly thought about Kurt Vonnegut and Ice Nine, and I suddenly was just went down this <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut wormhole. That I know it was just a second, but I had about twenty-five thoughts about Kurt Vonnegut in that moment. I think Kurt would have had a, a, a laconic comment about that uh, injury. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you're uh, aware of this term, but I wanted to introduce it to you, listeners. Uh, nutraceutical. Anyone heard that before? This is the. Uh, uh, sort of a parallel to pharmaceutical, nutraceutical. This is using food <coughs> for healing. Nutraceutical. Immersing city dwellers in the traditional lifestyle and diet of a rainforest village for two weeks increases the diversity of the children's, but not the adults' gut microbiota. In a small pilot study, researchers showed that the immersion visit did little to shift the adults' skin, oral, nasal, and fecal microbiota, but <coughs> children, much changed. While it is known that people with traditional diets have higher gut microbiota diversity compared to those with urban diets, it was unknown if urban dwellers could shift the diversity of their microbiota higher simply by following a traditional lifestyle and diet. In the gut, a high diversity of microbes is considered a sign of good health. So children, very plastic microbiome. Adults, not so much. The inclusion of nuts in a regular diet significantly improves the quality and function of human sperm, according to results of a randomized trial which measured conventional semen parameters and molecular changes. Amen. Eat more go. nuts for your All nut right. health. All right. Okay. Scientists on the Nobel Prize winning 
Intergovernmental Plan Panel on Climate Change point to a global temperature rise of 1.5 Celsius as a threshold the planet cannot cross without seeing the worst effects of climate Here change. Here we go, people. Yet, according to the UN organization's latest report, temperatures have already risen 1 degree Celsius as a it's result of human activity, and the, the planet world. could pass the 1.5 threshold as early as 2030 if greenhouse gas emissions continue at the current rate. Here's a list of solutions. Throw your body across the local fossil Energy fuel. efficiency, electrifying transport, and pulling carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere by reforesting regions, <clears throat> but probably not Brazilian ones. And using carbon capture technology, the rapid deployment of renewable energy will also play a key role. To keep temperatures at the target, renewable energy will need to provide at least 70% of global electricity in 2050, while coal use will essentially need to disappear. And finally, listeners, NASA's Voyager 2 probe currently on a journey toward interstellar space has detected an increase in cosmic rays that originate outside our solar system. Launched in 1977, Voyager 2 is a little less than 11 billion miles from Earth, or more than 118 times the distance from Earth to the sun. Since 2007, the probe has been traveling through the out outermost layer of the heliosphere, the vast bubble around the sun, and the planets dominated by solar material and magnetic fields. Voyager scientists have been wait waiting and watching for the spacecraft to reach the outer boundary of the heliosphere, known as the heliopause. Once Voyager 2 exits the heliosphere, it will become the second human-made object after Voyager 1 to enter interstellar space. Let's all go hang out in the heliopause. Let's take a pause in the heliopause. That's the name of my new nightclub. Oh my gosh. A well, lot going out there on planet Earth. You you sustained a kind of uh, almost giddy delivery that time, uh, I and, and it was I know. some dark stuff. Was it? Uh, it was the end of the world. It was it was the it was the stuff that inspired that song. The Stop Shopping uh, Choir sings. Know, alarming solo. always to note the connection between this kind of news and the political situation we find ourselves in in Brazil. Uh, we know uh, a right wing government is. Uh, about to take their seat and uh, this does not bode well for those forests which are so critical uh, to our climate but also to countless species known and unknown it can't uh, be the nation state anymore if the if the nation state mexico being the one brilliant exception but all these strongman governments they won't respond to climate change they're tough guys they're macho yeah, well, those yeah. things are connected. I mean, this is this is the course of capitalism, right? It cannot run its course without being protected by strongmen. And they're all paid right? for by fossil fuel. And this is the threat to the earth now. So, well, not just now, for hundreds of years now. So we do stand at a juncture, and we really do have to get real in a different way. And that's probably why I'm giddy, because I'm slightly hysterical, as well, we all might be if we really imagined with our incredible human skills you know, what is coming and what we need to do. Change our lives. That's easier said than done. Um, it is a, a real pleasure now to switch gears and talk to some... People who change their lives, yeah. yeah. Change their lives and, 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 and have been so working really hard. And so doing changing us, too. So 
today's guests, Francisca Benitez and Briar Winters. Uh, welcome. Welcome Hi. to The Earth Wants You. Uh, Francisca is an artist. She's also a member of the Stop Shopping Choir. Full disclosure. <laughs> and uh, Briar works with the uh, National Mobilization Against Sweatshops, um, which is a workers group. Um, and, and her specialty is around displacement and housing. Um, they are both deeply involved in this long-running movement in Chinatown, uh, which is, involves a rezone, uh, but more, more specifically has uh, defended the tenants of 8385 Bowery, who uh, are the known in New York as the 8385 Bowery Tenants Association. And, they, and we'll get into what they achieved in the last couple of years. Um, but all to say that in Chinatown, they are resisting a, a giant rezone um, and uh, trying really to save what, what many of us see as the last s sort of working class and uh, thriving neighborhood uh, actually, in Manhattan. Actually, can we clarify that? Um, actually, what we're trying to do is um, put forward a community-led rezoning that has been happening. So yeah. actually, the, the problem is that we don't have any protection. Right, right, right. Uh, right now, the, the zoning resolution allows for a lot of skyscrapers. And... But also, it's more nuanced than that. There are some areas that um, have some protection um, that is not so overt, like, for example, the two bridges area. Um, but we need a more effective protection, like the East Village has, for example. Right, so this um, sort of came to be uh, because the, the East Village was able to pass their community plan. The East Village, we know, has a lot of powerful people in government, um, and they were able to protect their zoning. Um, in New York City, we have this sort of complicated relationship to real estate. It's a lot like Texas's relationship to oil. <laughs> it's not <Right>. so complicated. <laughs> so this it's is the source of all corruption. Called corruption, yes. <laughs> um, but Chinatown, just to... Go, go back a little bit, if you could just describe, because a lot of our listeners are not in New York, so what we mean when we say Chinatown, because I think people have a m m more narrow view of it than we might. I would say Chinatown and the Lower East Side. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, I feel like those two neighborhoods, uh, a lot of what's happening right now is that the city government is trying to divide neighborhoods along racial lines. And um, they're doing that in order to push their ideas through. Um, basically, their ideas are to allow developers to have free reign in these neighborhoods. And so what we're trying to do is to unite these different parts of our neighborhood in order to build strength to resist what's happening. How does dividing uh, the races from each other, putting them in formal areas, how does that make them weaker in defending themselves against the big real estate? I mean, at the end of the day, um, these are all neighborhoods full of working people, and these neighborhoods are all over New York City. I mean, there's, you know, there's the same type of resistance that we are undertaking right now going on in the Bronx, in Queens, um, in Brooklyn. There's, it's happening everywhere, mm -hmm. and so it's very important for us to see across uh, traditional lines that may have been drawn probably not even by those communities themselves. You know, a lot of it's done by the city in order to divide. You're listening to The Earth Wants You with Savitri D and Reverend Billy. Check us out wherever podcasts are available. So we've been um, involved with a, a number of community plans in New York City. And um, what we found interesting about that um, over the last 20 years is, is 
how uh, few seats the community has at the table. What you see is that property owners essentially are the stakeholders and the community is never given a stake in the game. So are you seeing that in the Chinatown Lower East Side fight or have you been able to get to the table with politicians? I think we're absolutely feeling that. Um, I, I would not say that we've had a lot of support uh, for our community-led rezoning plan, um, both from the community board as well as from our local politicians. And so we've had to resort uh, to other tactics. What are some of those tactics? Well, for instance, to bring the 83-85 Bowery tenants um, into the conversation a little bit, um, they were paddling a landlord who was disputing their rent-stabilized status. He purchased the building and basically asserted that their apartments were no longer protected by the rent laws, and um, they weren't able to get much support from our local elected officials, and so they started to organize. And I think that has been such an important lesson for what we're doing in a on a larger scale in the neighborhood is that we have to come together and to see who really is making this happen, what's really behind it. Mm -hmm. So one of the tactics they use in New York, right, is to have a construction project, right, and use that as a way to get people out of the building. Did they actually, remo they removed the tenants from 8385, right? Yeah, they got evicted in January. That was pretty brutal because it was already dark. It was super cold. There were little babies, really old people, and they were all evicted brutally without notice. Um, they've been fighting at that, at that point, the landlord in court for two years. And then on January 18, was it? Mm -hmm. Like that, that night they took them out, they, went, they took them first to a school and then to a shelter really far out in Brooklyn. So um, after that, Shades they of the did- immigration. Um, yeah, so scene. after that, so what was like particularly hurtful was that there is no law enforcement for all the bad stuff that the landlord was doing. Mm -hmm. The landlord had plenty of violations that should have been taken care of. Or there's no way to um, to enforce that, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But when it comes time to evict the people, wow, everything just works like with extreme like uh, efficiency. efficiency. You know, in a day they had like they had the fire department, the the, the department of buildings, department of buildings, yeah. the police. Even the, somebody from the council woman was there. Mm. Like, all of a sudden, this efficiency to throw them out in two hours. Mm. <laughs> so uh, after that, the tenants uh, intensify their fight, and they did two hunger strikes, one in front of HPD and one in City Hall. Um, and those On the sidewalk in front of these exactly. government buildings. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and those hunger strikes, uh, there was a lot of support from many community groups uh, that helped to make it happen, from the street medics that you need there uh, to all the logistic support to do that. Who, who are the residents of that building? Who, who are they? Um, they're mostly Chinese immigrants, working class people who work in the neighborhood, and they, many of them live in intergenerational households um, in the building as well, so they represent the whole uh, gamut of the community there, and it really galvanized people citywide to watch this mm -hmm. happening. At the same time as, our, as the racism of Trump's immigration policies is always in the news, it's just all through our communities in New York, everybody talking about it uh, because we have children uh, in shelters throughout the five boroughs and so forth and so on. Uh, so this was happening at the same time. Literally in January, mm -hmm. uh, there were we had street fights. January 11th, we had a street fight right near mm -hmm. 
um, Chinatown, across from the federal building. Uh, so was there was there a uh, double conversation going on, uh, the national and the local, as it were? Absolutely. We're really trying to help people make that connection um, because pe- a lot of people think, oh, this is New York. Everything is fine. Like we're protected from all that here. But it really is coming down from the highest levels of our city government with these policies that... Forty-five is a New York realtor, isn't he? And and one of exactly. those, um, uh, uh, one of the reasons we the, the the work that they were doing from that building is so courageous is because we know how hard it is for people in the immigrant community to step out like that. We know how vulnerable they are. We know, and that's some of it's cultural, but some of it's just truly actually really vulnerable so I was also really um, when I went to those actions and protests like I was really moved by how many languages were being used can you talk a little bit about the mix of language in that community so in our Chinatown working group uh, meetings uh, there's always translation going on Um, and yeah I mean you have to work on it it's slower and it's more difficult, but it's wonderful when you can really all get together and, and, and do something like so this. So there's another kind of music in, a, mm-hmm. uh, in the uh, trans- translation of anger, of strategy, of compassion, of the... In fact, I uh, remember uh, when, when the, uh, the Lower East Side Rezone was introduced, one of the, the big problems was that they didn't have a Chinese interpreter at the initial meeting. I remember there was an uproar about that, as there well should have been. I mean, that's a, a very obvious An indicator, thing. I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of the lack of care or where that line had been drawn. Like, we care up to this point and we don't care beyond this point. Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to exclude people from the process, mm-hmm. which is a lot of the intention, I think, mm-hmm. you know. And it's the same with, uh, with what we're going through now with um, the hearing that we have coming up. Um, you know, they've scheduled it. This is about a proposal to put up some towers on the waterfront. Um, the, the towers are actually illegal, and the city is pushing them through anyway. So the, re- um, the hearing that we're uh, talking about this coming Wednesday, October 17th, is at 10 a.m., which is not at a time when most working, working people, people can, can attend. Yeah, so. yeah. this is classic New York tactic here, mm-hmm. development cores. Um, t- talk to us a little bit about that meeting. What, what is the hope for that meeting? What will the, the positive outcome, what could it be? So basically the developers are asking for a minor modification to modify the LSRD, large scale development uh, area. residential area. Um, so basically our point is, why should you give them an amendment? There is, this is completely out of character. It's going to take all the, the sunlight and air, and it's actually on a flood zone A. They want to put a 90-story building in a... I mean, we should be doing absorbent parks now, not, uh, not yes. putting skyscrapers on a flood on, a, on, a, on these areas. So basically, uh, what we need to do is go to this hearing or write to the city planning commission and tell them, no, don't give this amendment. We don't need this. Uh, I, I want to also point out that this national trend of construction, uh, I was looking at some data the other day, and in 2017, 81% of the new construction is for the high end. Mm-hmm. In, in, this is in the, the northeastern region mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. So this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Why are we building 80, 81%? I think it's to put rich people in glass uh, houses above us. I mean, and and then they look at us, and I think that we are culture, or we're charming in some way, or <laughs> we're uh, artists, maybe, or you know, they want to watch us from a dist- from a safe place, mm-hmm. and then they can uh, buy little YouTubes of us and 
for mm. carrying around. Yeah, so wow. uh, that's basically, and that's why we need everyone to uh, write to the City Planning Commission. Uh, you can send a letter, actually, to 120 Broadway, New York, New York, 10271. 120 Broadway. Uh -huh. I think one thing that's really important to note about the work that we're doing right now is everything is uh, is operating on the basis that um, these towers are actually illegal. And I think that's so important to note. We have uh, been working with a lawyer. Um, we have grounds for a lawsuit. Um, and so when we speak to people out in the community, they think we can't stop this. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, you talk to them and they say, oh, we can't do anything. There's nothing we can do, there's nothing. Um, there's a group called LESON, which stands for Lower East Side Organized Neighbors um, that's been formed over the last couple of years. And they've been working with an environmental lawyer um, to assert that essentially um, anything that gets put up in this LSRD uh, cannot have, according to the law, an adverse impact on environmental issues like light, air, um, sewage in particular. Mm -hmm. um, there's a huge issue around the Newtown Creek uh, sewage area and how our systems are already completely overloaded. We would be adding something like 45 to 4,700 units. Um, residents, you know, to this area, and that would absolutely have an environmental impact. So our lawsuit asserts that there's no way that something like this is legal, given those mm -hmm. impacts. And I would hope that in, in this environmental impact, they would soon have the sophistication to include uh, the IPCC report, which came out yesterday. The, the This area you're talking about is two and a half feet above sea level. So crucial. Uh, and so it was all crucial. underwater with Hurricane Sandy. Exactly. We've already had it demonstrated by Mother Nature for us. Exactly. So what do you have when you have uh, skyscrapers? You have what you had in um, the Coney Island projects. You have elderly people stuck on the 40th floor with no way to get down. And they run out of food and they run out of their medicine and so forth. So. But also I would just say that in any fight against, any, you know, we, we don't necessarily know the outcome. The outcome might not be what you think it is. We lost, obviously, that fight for the community plan in Williamsburg, but we did get some concessions. And, um, of course, now we can see. Now we have this vivid example of what it looks like. We know. We can point over there and say, look what happened in Williamsburg. And we can say there was no plan for the train. There was no environmental impact statement. And look at the, those buildings and see how people are cut off from the water. And so now we have these examples, and I think that's very helpful um, as well. We have had some successes. I mean, Coney Island was a success. The, there the was fight no for plan the for the eight eighty three thousand um, twenty eight year old millionaires who walk by you like a ghost with white wi wires in their ears <laughs> that's right. and their funny little skinny pants, excuse me, and their strange haircuts. But what? But what? What can we do right now to support the 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 efforts? on this project. You I interrupted know, you. Coney Island was a success. Because I think it's important I hope. you know, t for people in New York to know that they can, they can, I think a lot of people have woken up late to this, obviously, right? But now they can, and they can help. And those uh, those hearings are great. It's great to have as many people there as possible. But what else? There are other things. Also, if you want to get involved uh, um, with the Chinatown Working Group, we meet uh, once a month, the first Monday of the month uh, in Cherry Street, mm -hmm. uh, 275 Cherry. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can go to our website, chinatowngroup.com, all one word. Group. I'm sorry, chinatownworkinggroup.com. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, and also I would encourage you, because I'm, I'm sure that some of your listeners are from far afield, but get involved in these efforts where you are, too. If you're not here, um, you know, join together with your neighbors and figure out what's happening um, and organize. And you can also donate. Uh, we're having a, a fundraiser for our legal funds <laughs> as well, um, which you can find more information uh, at www.lesson, that's L-E-S-O-N, dash nyc dot org and we'll have all this information at revbilly.com am i right we'll, you're right we'll post if you can just organize all yes. this on a half a page yes. we'll put it all at revbilly.com and i'd just like to say that um, you know thank you for your work and also uh, it, it's inspiring to see like a, such a diverse body of people come together and like see the opposite example of divide and conquer to see what not not divided, not conquered looks like, um, really moving and, and inspiring in those uh, hunger strikes and all the work. But also just to say that everywhere, you know, workers are being displaced. This is happening in the tiniest towns. It's happening in places like Idaho. It's happening in New York City. It's happening in the Deep South. Um, and, it's, and it's happening all over the world. So uh, we need to address the problem in our government and also in our own communities. Now, we would like to, when we have our Joe's Pub shows this fall, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, Sunday afternoons at 2 p.m., plug a we, uh, we would like to have a group of saints from this amazing activism that you have shown us. And they'll get up on stage and we'll sing the gratitude song to them. Amen. And then we will, uh, after the show, we'll get in a bus and go to a hot, point that you think where we need to have a crowd and a, some singing and some shouting and some big signs and we'll take the whole audience to that place amen is it a deal oh, let's yeah. do it yes. all right okay francisca do you want to set up this amazing song you brought with oh, you today yes this is a beautiful song called celinda uh, it was given to me by margarita caripan my mapudungun teacher uh, in the mapuche community in chile Can you get 
song from Chile. Uh, thanks again to our guests, Briar Winters and Francisca Benitez. You're listening to The Earth Wants You with Slavitri D and Reverend Billy. Check us out wherever podcasts are available. And now, the drums of revolution. Welcome to Activist News. This week's drums of revolution are the Nagara and Tata drums from Rajasthan. You may be feeling that this was a tough couple of weeks after finding out the climate disaster is just around the corner, there's predators in the highest court of the land and despots are doddering their way into the Brazilian government. You might feel like this is an excellent moment for you to despair and wring your hands and cry out to the skies, oh my gosh, what can we do? Well have no fear as Activist News is right here at hand to answer that call. And the answer is simple, protest. 
First things first, as our wonderful guests have pointed out, show up to the hearing on October 17th at 120 Broadway, 10 a.m. Stop those terrors. The Chinatown Working Group meet every month on the first Monday at 6.30 p.m. on 225 Cherry Street. Find out more info on chinaworkinggroup.com. I've checked out their website. It's a very nice website to look at. If you can't lend a hand with your body and presence, then please don't hesitate to donate to their legal funds, gofundme.com forward slash L-E-S-O-N, if you feel so inclined, which you should, and stop the destruction of the Lower East Side. On Thursday, October 11th at 5pm in Foley Square, ICE out of the courts, there has been a 1,200 increase in courthouse arrests since 2016 when a certain someone got into the White House. This is an attack on immigrants' lives, livelihoods and access to equal justice in a town that was built by, forged by and jam-packed full of immigrants of all shapes and sizes. Stop ICE, abolish ICE. Yes, there's a Facebook event if you're that kind of person, but here's an idea. Why not write it down on a scrap of paper and stick it on your fridge? It just might work. For the week that's in it, from IPCC reports to Kavanaugh being inducted, I'll leave you with the sounds of the thousands of protesters, mostly women, who slammed against the walls of the Supreme Court this week, demanding that Kavanaugh go. You'll hear the words of Amy Schumer, who got herself arrested, and then Reverend Billy reading the words of David Buckle, who self-immolated himself at the start of the summer to try jolt the world into action over climate disaster, which, as is drastically becoming clearer and clearer, is just around the corner. A vote for Kavanaugh is a vote saying women don't matter. Let's stay together. Let's fight. Let's keep showing up. So what started as a trickle of civil disobedience there in the steps of the Supreme Court has become this, just outright anger and upset that Brett Kavanaugh is being uh, not only confirmed today, but is being sworn in right now. What they are chanting is we believe survivors for the most part. I'll let you listen to a little of that right now. Pollution ravages our planet, oozing inhabitability via air, soil, water, and weather. Most humans on the planet now breathe air made unhealthy by fossil fuels, and many die early deaths as a result. My early death by fossil fuel reflects what we are doing to ourselves. And David... Um, immolated on himself with fossil fuel.
um, Francisca asked me to mention that <clears throat> a screening, uh, the Iron Triangle at the Seward Park Library, Thursday, October 11th from 630 to 9. Uh, come on and learn about a fight up in Queens at Willits Point. Um, yeah, another amazing, another amazing New York City fight. Uh, Such a special place. Yeah. Uh, oh, Willits Point. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Amazing. And Bloomberg was the first, I believe, uh, to propose that this ecosystem of living, uh, this amazing uh, collection of recycling uh, metal and everything, uh, uh, um, a working uh, a working class yeah. humanity that was just a, oh, a, a classic gorgeous. New York place. Yeah. The, the recycling of, of just every conceivable thing that yeah. the city that the city offers up mm -hmm. and, and uh, doesn't want anymore. Yeah, it's funny. I it's, see uh, it as some sort of analog <laughs> to um, or some kind of internal version or some inv inversion of Canal Street. It's like it's like Canal Street upside down. It's uh -huh. like, uh -huh. yeah. It's, yeah. Oh man, a very special place. It New just York. was. It was considered blight. Yeah. And and thousands of people making their living there, and it was just considered by the Forget by the it. upper middle class city planners. It was just considered yeah another you know, place near water for people to live because Forget it was it. greasy because there was like jangled metal everywhere oh. because there were there were uh, fifty foot high piles of plastic, mm. you know, and everybody mm -hmm. uh, mm. all these different mm -hmm. languages and people people uh, uh, whole whole communities and restaurants and just just everybody's everybody's life lived there was. Uh, discounted by policy capital p policy so so hey people you know our listeners we're we're asking you to consider in the in the light of what's happening right now in the world and in in your local community uh, what will you do to to uh be different in your community yeah intervene. how will you get people to communicate with each other mm -hmm. in a different way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know Pull, pull the iPhones out of people's ears. Yes. You know, c confront people. Yes. Uh, the, the I mean, the fastest way to turn your back on capitalism, we always say, is to look into the eyes of another human being. There's no media as sophisticated and wonderful and wondrous as talking and listening. And when you've, when you've got an and education... And we're glad you're listening right now. Hey! Thanks for listening, listeners. There's a tie-in right there. Yeah, this there's is The segue. Earth Wants You in New York City. And... Uh, we're on your podcast. We're on your radio. Hello. Come, Hello, come, Telluride. Hello, Taos. Hello, Alaska. Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> Hello to all of you. Here we are in, in lovely downtown Brooklyn. We've had some wonderful uh, killing. We've had some wonderful urban sounds here invading our soundproof And studio. now it's time for Extinction's Got Talent. And today uh, we go to Bernie Krause, and, uh, who you know is the master acoustician of the earth. The biophonist. Yes, and a friend of ours. And he uh, has been recording this creek over the last um, 20 years or so. But I think this particular recording starts in 2004. This short example pertains to the California drought and shows over an 11-year period its impact on the biophony in this area, about 50 miles north of San Francisco at Sugarloaf State Park. Uh, in the spring of 2015, because of the drought, we experienced what was virtually a silent spring with effectively no birdsong for the first time in living memory. Even at w what would have normally been the height of the season in mid-April, what is most remarkable and peculiar is that nobody in this area has yet commented on the stunning lack of birdsong, now in its fourth year, even though the drought has ended. 
the sound clip is comprised of four 15-second examples, one minute total. It powerfully illustrates how the issues of climate change and drought have progressed in one location over the course of just 11 years. The first segment was recorded in 2004, the second in 2009, again in 2014, and the last in 2015. Uh, and this is the work, again, of Dr. Bernie Krauss of Wild Sanctuary. the dying of life at a stream in California. We have to connect that to directly to our own actions. We have to walk into a corporation and demand that the information about the earth be flowing into those cubicles. We have to go into public places. It can't be these little narrow, little, uh, 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 holding tanks of the First Amendment that cities now arrange for us, calling little protest areas. Oh, you can go over there and and shout what you're going to shout, but you can't use a bullhorn. And if you hand out a piece of paper with information on it, we have to see it first, said the New York Police Department. That kind of of narrowing of of telling the truth about the earth and about, about justice... Uh, that that needs to be reversed. And we just have to go to the police and we say, what are you doing for the earth? What are you doing for your kids? What are you doing for life? And how are you keeping the families in that building over there in their homes? And we just have to look in them in the eyes and say, now's the time. Now's the time for you to be activists for humanity, for your community. Everybody has to change. Yes. Nobody, regardless of the suit you're wearing, what you've got in your hair, what white wires of you know your favorite band you've got in your ears, whatever your costume is, however much money you've got in your hedge fund account, right now you are you are an activist. We are all activists. We are all activists. Can't be a binary anymore. Can't be Republicans and Democrats. It's got to be life. Saving life. And if we are life-saving life, then we believe, we believe that life will save us. The earth is a living being. That's what the earth culture has always said. All 17,000 tribes around the world, they've all said the same thing. The great spirit observes, feels us, knows us. We're, We're guests here in this ecosystem. And when we are living life to survive, to live in harmony, to have love together. Life will recognize that, and the earth will start healing. The earth will start healing and heal us. Change, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Rev. Thank you. Uh, Please, listeners, contact us. Get in touch. Tell us things. And we are grateful today to Killian Sunderman, our producer and the Brooklyn Commons for hosting us here. This is The Earth Wants You. I'm Savitri D. It's Reverend Billy. 
Have a good week. week.